this program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> I'll give you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We had a real chance with this. That's how this works. We've got to tell them. You are our only hope. The America you know doesn't exist in our future. Democracy is dead. We have no voice. The regime watches our every move. It started when voter suppression ran wild all over America. The voting rights bills died in the Senate. Polling places closed. We lost our right to vote. This future doesn't have to be. You have the power to change it. Save democracy while you can. Call your senator now. Tell Daisy. Whenever. How do you make a democracy float? You take your foot off of it, of course, and this is episode 50 for Behind the Schemes. June 21st, 2021. I'm Boo Berry, Mothman in the Miniocalypse. And all the way from way the hell over here on the left coast doing something or other. Uh, my name, of course, is Lavish. And splashing his just ethereal power all over the green room with us tonight, we have from the Bowl After Bowl production, it's Sir Spencer, Wolf of KC. Oh, yeah. What's going on, Bretta? Hey, you know, same old uh, bowl, different day. Hell Amen to that. Yes. How y'all doing? Doing great. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of disappointed that it's taken this long, but I'm also super happy that you could be here for this uh, this, yeah. this nifty fifty. That's right. It is the fiftieth episode of Behind the Schemes today. That's cool man. I love getting those uh, those milestones. Yeah. Milestone episodes. We're all fans of numbers here. We like numbers. We like they're nice and neat and tidy, and you see them again and again. So, no reason to not uh, appreciate it and celebrate. No doubt. Congratulations, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's been a ride, and I got to say, the best part is all the people that we've met along the way. I mean, always. Could it be any cheesier? That's the. It's the journey, not the. Um, what was I saying? I forget. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a good time. I mean, I've only been on the show for about twelve episodes, but 
I'll celebrate it too, as if I did all fifty of them. Sure, why not? It's uh, it's the swallow, not the mastication. My, that's that's what, <laughs> that's what Dad always said. <laughs> well, speaking Gosh. of what uh, Dad used to say, Dad drew the Nine of Pentacles tonight for our tarot card, and I thought that was interesting because oh, wow. last week. We got the Ten of Pentacles. Yeah, nice. We're only one card off. It's like a I, pentacle countdown over here. Oh, yeah, but it's also kind of got that, like, 91 power. If you remove that mm-hmm. zero, and then you flip it around, you get the 19. Out of one, you get 9-11. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, here's a couple of descriptors for it. A material stage has been completed from which new birth is born. For a pregnant woman, that could be a time of labor. It is also a material detachment, one that has left everything to start a new life, or a profound financial transformation uh, leads to a new product. Project. Hey, listen, you dicks! Send money! The Nine of Pentacles may refer to bankruptcy, inheritance, or winning a game of chance. In any case, it also leads to new construction. Uh, mm-hmm. Nine de deniers from the tarot, tarot de Marcel indicates that you have reached a point in your life where you feel confident, autonomous, independent, and free. Any of you boys feel fucking free tonight? I'm feeling that freedom, baby. Yeah, man. Definitely feeling it. Uh, by acting on your own, you have achieved a well-deserved success, and you can now enjoy the property, recreation, pleasure, material, comfort, and rest. You appreciate what is available to you at the moment and that the difficulties are behind you. You also know that you can accomplish everything with little confidence. <laughs> Wait a second. You also know that you can accomplish everything with little confidence, self-discipline, and patience. This card means it is time to enjoy the good life and fruits of labor. You have worked hard to get there, so let's sit back, relax, and enjoy the luxuries mm. of life. You deserve nice. it. Nice. That's a really sweet thing to have the ten and then the nine of pentacles back in a row. Also, the, the pentacles is a coin, so it's like having cards with gold coins on them. That's it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because Probably. we all here are big fans of gold and also what it's second to, which is Bitcoin. I like gold. Gold member. Well, while we've tapped into the uh, Bitcoin vein. I have an exciting announcement. Ooh. We had our first very own crypto donation come in. Whoosh. From the original G, Servo, a.k.a. DeWaldenum, comes in with 0.00123 Bitcoin. Nice. And because fuck the cuck bucks, I'm not even going to bother doing the conversion for it. You know what he sent me? He sent me 0.00123 Bitcoin. And that's what fucking counts. Thousands, (laughs) hundreds of thousands of Satoshis. Stacks, stacks. Finally. (laughs) Thank you, Servo. And of course, if you've been uh, paying attention to Bitcoin, you'll notice that it is. it's uh, slagging a little bit, which is fine. We all called it. We all knew it was going to happen. But, it, you know, in five years, Bitcoin is going to be worth a hundred times what it is now. So, fuck yeah. But boring. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. I know what you mean, man. I know what you mean. I, I for one, am going to drop that towards a node once we uh, take that step. It's on the radar. It's on the list of things to do. Uh, yeah. 
it I is because uh, both me and Lavish want to hop into that Ring of Fire as two separate but together entities. Awesome. Yeah, the Ring of Lightning. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, man. Can you get podcast Ring of Fire going? That'd be awesome. I'm holding uh, the old box for the latest Raspberry Pi that I bought. Yeah, that is, got the pie. I will. I will warn you. Once you buy a Raspberry Pi, you just keep buying them. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty incredible little devices. They're fun. Once you start, like, you just can't stop. Like why? I mean, I can do fucking like whatever I want with this little thing. Awesome. <laughs> That's right. I can literally put this anywhere. <laughs> could do whatever I want with it. I oh, just... you mean there's like seven different pages of documentation? I can't figure out what the fuck to do with it. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm figuring it out though. Hey, <laughs> well, before well, we stuff up. before yeah. we uh, before we delve too far into the Bitcoin rabbit hole, um, we have another freak of hazard coming Ooh. in for the very first time. The man, the myth, the legend, John Fletcher. Hell yeah! He signed up John for a monthly five fifty fucking five. Ah, that's very extremely stupid kind of you. Thank you so much, sir. That is awesome. He's oh, give it so to good. Me. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> His name was John Fletcher. He Thanks, wrote. Value. Yeah, yeah. You know what I was trying to say. But we are a value for value production, so we ain't got no paywalls or Patreons or nothing. We sit here every Monday night and we do some shit, talk about some shit. Uh, seven thirty central. Sorry, seven thirty specific time. Nine thirty mm-hmm. chemtrail. Ten thirty beast coast. Go to behindtheschemes.com dot com sch three and three s or loveislit dot com. We got uh, all of our shit there. We got the scaly mm-hmm. show. We got the stream. We got our chat room. Hashtag green room zero node irc. If you like old school chats. And we're value for value, baby. We don't uh, take any corporate money because otherwise we wouldn't be able to talk about all the groovy stuff we do. And everybody who is taking the corporate dime isn't allowed to do that. So keep that in mind. Uh, thanks for listening. Behind the schemes. 612-263-SEXY. Leave us a voicemail. And uh, if you have any questions for Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City, please. Love to hear them. This man is very knowledgeable on a... On a uh, a series of topics, so it should be nice. No doubt. Jack of all, master of few. He's jacking it all, people. Jack them all. Well, hey, I'm, I'm not done jacking it, so. <laughs> Speaking of which, you can go to his OnlyFans page. Uh, that also exists, and where you can uh, get into that sort of thing as well. Yes, the hottest, the hottest podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Pot, pot, you gotta have. Speaking um, of which, I will smoke a bowl in your honor. Here. It's just in the air. Oh, very nice, very nice. Ripperoonie. Oh, Ripperoonie. I was, I guess I should be polite. And, uh, you know, no, no, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. I'm I'm not here. Sorry. I'm just going to do one anyway. Spark one up. It's good for you. It's medicine. God bless. 
Uh, God bless. Blessings. We do have one screen mail. Um, unfortunately, Ooh. it looks like this caller uh, is contacting us in reference to uh, the episode that we did with Dave last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, he doxes himself. Um, so I don't feel comfortable playing that number or that uh, uh, that voicemail because he does mention his phone number in there. And um, okay, well we won't do that. Don't people don't put your personal information in our voicemails. We won't play them. We we don't want to dox you. Yeah, everything's basically virtually anonymous here. Yeah, but uh, if uh, if you happen to be a listening caller, uh, you can email myself boo uh, dot barry mothman at proton protonmail dot com or behind the schemes at proton. And that's SCH three M three S. Yeah, we got a, we got a little bit of a reaction with this last episode that we had, where we had on uh, Flat Earth Dave, had him on for a good hour, and uh, yeah, people people you, you know had feathers, man. What's that? Ruffled some feathers out there. <laughs> yeah, there's some positive uh, energy. There's some negative energy. You know, I thought it was a very entertaining interview. And uh, obviously, we weren't going to, you know, we wanted to hear what he had to say. And sure. even if we didn't agree with it, even if some of it was maybe a little ridiculous or whatever, you know, we, we, we gave the guy the floor. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awkward to have a guest on and then, like, battle them, for sure. Yeah, you know, we're not going to have people on to no, it's like, not like insult are, them or humiliate them, you know. That's not, not like what we're here to do. Like, uh, early Fox era Tucker Carlson or something. <laughs> or like Bill Maher or something, like. Yeah. You have people on just to just to like put them down. We yeah. we don't do that here. We just kind of like okay, we'll have you on. We want to hear what you're all about. You know, I mean, the guy's fucking name is Flat Earth Dave. I mean, what do you people expect? You know, this is this is what he does. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I thought it was very fun. Me he said Stonehenge was built in the fifties. I thought that was a very very awesome thing to say. <laughs> You've got a, there's a certain amount of commitment you have to have uh, to be a flat Earth Dave type of guy, for sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, I don't really have a, like a dog in the hunt, you know, because I don't have a lot of uh, background on uh, the Earth or its shape. I haven't been around it. I've only been out of the country once, and that was to Mexico. And uh, you know, I don't have a lot of emotional investment for sure in in the shape of the Earth. Yeah, it's probably the the best way to go. I'm sure it has a, a a relatively large shape. That much I'm certain of. For me, it's all about. I don't know if you've ever been to the, like the science museum where they have the the big cone where you can roll a quarter around, and it goes oh, yeah. around and around this giant thing. Mm-hmm. That to me is like that makes sense. Like I get it. That's how the universe works. It goes. That's how the planets do their thing. They get caught in a flow. And ebb and a flow, and things cycle, and that makes sense to me. And uh, that's about it. I'm not. I'm not an expert on the topic, but I'm pretty settled with it myself. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, some science guys will come at you, and they'll like be like, "Yeah, it's like very probable that all oh, this is just like a complete simulation." But then those same guys will turn around and get like very emotionally invested in the shape of the Earth. I'm like, wait. Mm. If it's all a simulation, who gives a shit? And at that level, like, what what do you trust? If everything's a lie, if everything's an illusion, then how do you determine what information is giving you the real, the real deal? You know, 
it kind of it leaves a lot up in the air. You have to really just give up your foundation and commit into some arbitrary thing that you value as as a source of righteous information. Mm-hmm. And who knows what the hell that is? You know, it's 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 a strange thing. But anyway, we don't need to talk about it. We we, we thank him for having on the show, and he was very professional. He's a very nice guy. He answered our questions, so he was awesome. So thank you. My uh, my last two kind of final thoughts on it. Um, it was it was fun. I will always recommend that uh, maybe we hang out and listen to the show with a certain amount of suspension of disbelief. And we're, mm-hmm. we're the only show that features <laughs> content warning at the beginning. Right, that's true. <laughs> you are warned, people. I uh, I was I was proudly uh, untriggered throughout the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of ended up being a shithead in the defense of the show, and it was it was totally unnecessary on my part. Uh, so I didn't make good. Um, uh, I I would be curious to talk to Flat Earth Dave again for sure. I'm I'm definitely sold on the sun eating stuff, which, which is a conversation um, I had in the back channels with Sir Matthew. Uh, I think that would be an interesting episode to explore by itself because it's something that I've tried and one of the trippiest moments I've ever experienced was uh, about half an hour after I, I um, gazed into the sun for about 15 minutes. Granted, there's a lot of trees and stuff that were filtering, filtering out most of the light, but this is at a Buddhist temple and this is the same day as the Rainbow Connection Muppet story hmm. where I kind of had a mini nervous breakdown at work and I was like, oh, it all makes sense. Like, oh, it's all kids in fucking cages and they're drinking their blood and uh, just everyone's fucking way evil, essentially, in a nutshell. So I went and had my little freak out thing at this uh, Buddhist temple that a fellow stagehand had invited me to and in the middle of the meditation, um, and this was probably the closest thing I've experienced to going back to church in a long time, but uh <laughs> I was sitting cross-legged on the pillow and then I wasn't sitting cross-legged on the pillow anymore because I had floated off the ground and my body felt like it ignited like an arc lamp, which is it's two prongs inside of the uh, glass tube, right? And the electricity or the volt hits so hard that it jumps the bridge and then you create like a little mini, um, like a welding arc light, 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 arc light. And uh, it was not something that was in my head because every time it rushed over me, it was becoming overwhelming, I guess, to other people that were in the room because I could hear them grunt in response to every wave that rushed by. Damn. So, so I would be, hmm. I would be super curious to uh, explore it more. I mean, it's don't go fucking midday, five o'clock in the afternoon, stare straight up into the right. sun. Like, that's a, that's a low horizon type thing you got to do, right? And you got to work your way up to it. I mean, it's like, it's small moments, small, small moments. I, there's been, actually, I was meditating on a pier down at the Keys after the first, or sorry, after the bodyguard tour. I was down in Florida. I was meditating on the pier. And uh, after the sun had set, because I'd been doing a little bit of sun gazing, um, I had my palms open. I was like, man, like, how sick would it be if I could just summon fire, just like right here in the palm of my hand, just watch it ignite? That would be the coolest shit. Sat there and I was just kind of hanging out and enjoying myself, enjoying the weather. I opened my eyes. Lo and behold, 
motherfuckers down the coast are setting off uh, paper lanterns, and there's a ton of them. Damn. So you wish was your command. I, <laughs> there's some shit there, man. So I'm very much with Dave in that regards. As far as the actual shape, I have no idea. Like I told him, it's it's an onion, a lot of layers to peel back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you I try to be, a lot of be open-minded, things. you know. Mm-hmm. I I don't have all the answers for sure, and so I'm not going to pretend some other guy does or doesn't. You know, the, close, know. the closest thing I can surmise is it's like a chessboard, but instead of our hubris imagining that we were that important to be pieces in the actual game, we're just the board that it's played on. That that's where the world comes in flat for me. Mm, indeed. Indeed, Booberry. That's your, that's your flatitude. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, now that's a flatitude. Yeah. <laughs> what about, you know what else is flat? Is creepy slime. Mm. Mm-hmm. Creepy, creepy slime is. Is pretty yeah. flat. Is this creepy slime intelligent by any chance? Yeah. They're always talking about fungal intelligence. And I don't know if you ever heard about the experiment where they, they tried to make Tokyo with fungus like no they placed all these like bits of nutrients or whatever in a certain pattern and the um they modeled it after tokyo and the mold from the center grew out over a period of weeks months and it basically recreated the uh subway line for tokyo like out of like a weird uh, yeah i don't know exactly what but that's just one example and then there's there's this other one that we have this article on over here. Booberry, what is this about? Uh, so, essentially, <laughs> the Nature magazine, which was covered back in uh, his low 30s. Sir Seatsitter was there for one of two of them. But we covered Al- uh, Aldous Huxley and his daddy, Thomas Huxley, who, with Charles Darwin... Uh, one of the things that they did, other than founding the X Club at the time, that X Club went on to found Nature Magazine, which is a big science journal. Sure. Uh, they were ones pumping well, out all the... Two. Yeah. So I, uh, I believe uh, Spaz actually sent this article to me. But uh, I, I just there's some there's some shit in here. You'll be like, oh, okay, I see what they're trying to do with this sort of like warm in the pot predictive pro- programming bullshit. Um, I'm going to start it off. Spaz sent this to you? The uh, head of Reddit? Spaz. Spaz is his name. Another okay. listener. But uh, imagine you're walking into a forest and you roll over a fallen log with your foot. Fanning out on the underside, there is something moist and yellow, a bit like something you may have sneezed out if that something was banana yellow and spread itself out into elegant fractal branches. What you're looking at is the plasmodium form of, uh, we're just going to call them PP. You can go to zoso.substack.com slash 50 to grab these show notes and check out what we're talking about. But we'll call this uh, fungus PP, the many-headed slime mold. Like other slime molds found in nature, it fills with an important ecological role, aiding in the decay of organic matter to recycle it into the food web. This bizarre little organism doesn't have a brain or a nervous system. Its blobby, bright yellow body is just one cell. 
this slime mold species has thrived more or less unchanged for a billion years in damp, decaying habitats. And it's also changing how we think about cognition and problem-solving. Like, oh, yeah, all of our problems are going to be really easy to solve when it's just one cell organisms we got to worry about. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> answered all our problems. Decentralization. Uh, Spencer, I'm going to. I just realized the no headphones is on for clean feet. I'm going to take you off of that real quick. Okay. Check one, check two? one, two. Checking, checking uh, it out. Uh, there's the echo. There's the echo. Are you kicking back? Yeah. Yeah. I knew it. I'm it's a, too good to be true. Yeah, I'm going to put you back on no headphones. Too good to be true. Uh, some quotes. I think this is the same kind of revolution that occurred when people realized that plants could communicate with each other, says uh, one of the biologists in the, in the project, Audrey Dussator of the French National Center of Scientific Research. Um, <laughs> even these tiny little microbes can learn. It gives you a little bit of humility. You will learn humility from the slime mold. You will sleep in the pods. You will eat the bugs. <laughs> well, there's a really popular little conspiracy theory going around right now that uh, that the fungus is the good fungus, the intelligent fungus like this is basically alien intelligence, or it's uh, you know come from meteors, or it's it's um, developed or evolved in a different way. It's from an ancient uh, evolution process. And uh, it's the closest thing that really we have to an alien. It can develop itself, it can sustain itself, but it's completely different than what we are, which in Dungeons and Dragons is called a humanoid. Um, Aliens usually don't look like other aliens, you know. They develop differently. And with the intelligent fungus, see... They, they, they've been researching the shit out of that lately. I, feel I like did post this Tokyo thing in the chat, by the way, if anyone wants to watch it. It's a, it's a cool video, um, and they do a time lapse over it. You can just see all the sort of threads connect. Um, there's no sound, or I would have played it for the show. Mm. Uh, so this PP, poly, polycephalum, polycephalum, adorably named the blob, think uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I think, is what comes to mind with this. Uh, it's not exactly rare. It can be found in dark, humid, cool, cool environments like leaf litter on the forest floor. It's uh, also really peculiar. Although we call it a mold, it's not actually a fungus, nor is it an animal or a plant. It's just a member of the Protus Kingdom, a sort of catch-all group for anything that can't be neatly categorized into the other three kingdoms. Uh, starts life as many individual cells, each with a single nucleus, and then they merge to form the plasmodium, the vegetative life stage of which the organism feeds and grows. And in this form, fanning out in veins to search out for food and explore its environment, it's still a single cell, but containing millions or billions of nuclei sl- swimming in cytoplasmic fluid confined within the bright yellow membrane. It's like a biology lesson. Yeah. <laughs> See? We can do science and shit. Yes, science! You can learn shit on behind the schemes. Without a doubt. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys do mushrooms? <laughs> I guess that's the natural, <laughs> the natural progression to this conversation. I've, uh, do you do the mushrooms or do the mushrooms do you? Oh. oh <laughs> excellent question. What a great question. That's a great question. What a gr- that's, that's not a great question. 
No, but I will it's a say, good question. I will say mm-hmm. I almost dinged the bell when <laughs> Dave said oh, it's brother. a great question. I was like, not a question. Good. Is it? <laughs> Is it, is it like a great question, man, or did you just like take the words and flip them the other way and then say them again with, with the other way? Question? Wow, great. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I would say I would say uh, mushrooms are alien, without a doubt. Of course without they are. Doubt. Of course they are. And uh, that would make Santa Claus an extraterrestrial, right? I think. No the mushrooms got to be at least as alien as us, if not way more. Mm. We're already pretty fucking alien to begin with, so. Mm, we just take it for granted because we're us. And so we're, right, yeah, we have no outside kind of way to yeah. compare it. What water, said the fish? Yeah. <laughs> I want to say uh, Sir Seat Sitter had... God, his uh, his name started with J. I thought he was like an old pal of Joe Rogan, but he's this big anti Terrence McKenna. And Terrence McKenna, I'm kind of at the point where I could more so leave him than take him, uh, yeah. j- just based off of some of the depopulation clips that uh, Chris has pulled over this past couple of months. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of like the idea that it's like the mushrooms <laughs> that are coming to take us over. <laughs> It's like they're the ones pulling the strings in the background. It's not lizard people. It's mushroom people. <laughs> well, I think everybody's got some sort of a dog in the fight. You know? <laughs> I mean, if, if there was just one guy at the top, then uh, he would literally be barking orders at us every day on, in a prison camp. But, you know, it's not it's not quite so dire as that as far as freedom goes. There's a lot of players and a lot of power balances factions. and struggles and structures. Yeah, factions, absolutely. Yeah, so there's like roving gangs of lizard fucks and alpha yeah, centaurians, lizards and mushrooms, fucks and you know, exactly. toad fucks and the dwarves underground and you know, there's a lot of motherfuckers, man. Get your toadies. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have battle toads? Better toads. Better toads. Jan Irving was his name. Thank you, Servo. Jan Irving. Legal in 14 states. Mm. Battle Toadery. The sequel to Battle Tads. <laughs> so uh the coming back to this uh yellow mold, uh, the the thing that was to be pointed out is it can solve puzzles, uh just like a mice can in in, in uh mm-hmm. studies and stuff with labyrinths and um uh, it looks like they progressively up the challenges of the of the mazes, and it was able to find the quickest, most efficient path to get to the food. Um, and they're not saying that this shit's going to, like, cure science and or cure COVID in the next fucking ten years. Uh, they pretty much they said, well, it's been traveling on this path for a billion years, so there's no, there's no reason to expect that it would change trajectory from being a single-celled organism at this point. <laughs> Unless we get Bill Gates to give us a billion dollars. Right, same idea. I'm looking for that the, would be nice. I'm looking for the one quote because they do a full like collectivism sort of drop in here. I lost it now. Ugh. Well, it's uh, funny because you talk about like the balance of power and like the wars that are going on, and you know maybe people are acting in their own best interests or others' best interests, or you know, I think most people want to do good, 
But even on a cellular level, we're all made up of cells. And, you know, like you're demonstrating here, even one cell can at least have enough motivation and intelligence to go food, you know? And there's cells at war within us. There's germs that come in. There's cancer cells, you know. The body itself can go to war with itself and have uh, corruption. Yep. No, yeah. And, uh, Mm. I mean, a lot of this stuff, it looks like, um, it kind of reminds me of leaves growing. It's got the same sort of, like, veiny texture to the underside of uh, tree leaves. Mm. It's fairly cool. Some cool videos in here. Definitely want to check out. Um, When you zoom out on Tokyo, you can also see it there, too. I'll I'll just long wrap this story. Essentially, it ends in the place of like, oh, well, humanity needs to take a step back because if we can do all this crazy shit that we allege that we can do and this slime mold can figure out how to get food, maybe we're not the top of the food chain, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Everybody knows it's the water bear that really runs things. What, What is that thing called? Oh, God. The tardigrade. What'd you call me? <laughs> you heard me, you, you son of a bitch. What? Tell us what? <laughs> I know you're half retarded. Half tardigrade. <laughs> you never go full tardigrade. Uh, yeah, baby. The water bear, which uh, is a little tiny, itty bitty, little fucking mite that just survives everything and anything. It's fun. Yeah, wanna, they run things. I want to say they um, they also compared it to like a brain, uh, like the physical makeup of the brain. Um, it's fairly interesting, mm-hmm. but it's a, the, what made it stand out to me is that it comes from Nature Magazine, which again is this sort of like catch all for this is the sort of the, <laughs> this is what we want to subject y'all to for the next thirty uh, years. Science with a capital S. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. for sure. It's like it's uh, the science we trust when we say trust the science. The CDC is like this whole governmental body with scientists and shit that just tell us what to do. You don't have to think about it, dude. Yes, science! So easy. So easy. <laughs> All I have to do is just trust the plan. Yeah. Trust the plan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these, count, people, count. these people are very smart and they know what's best for you, you know? And I'm not. And I don't, I don't have the degree and they have the degree. And they have the nice job that they got the scholarship from the Rhodes yeah. so- Society for. And Wouldn't it be nice if they didn't have to worry about us? Like, I don't know. Something just happened and, like, the amount of people that they had to care for. I mean, like what they do in China? And they're just <laughs> like, oh, you don't like us? <laughs> We're going to throw you in jail. Well, Fuck you. Yeah, but that's the problem. The myth of, like, they have all these people to care for. They don't care for anybody. They just harvest the, uh, you know, resources in all its forms. But they need you very much alive and then going to work and then coming back and turning Netflix yeah. on and eating Absolutely. Doritos and, you know, taking care of pets and uh, keeping the electricity on. They need you doing all those things. So. To repair their sprinklers and to just, deliver their fridges. Yeah. I mean, color me very skeptical on this notion that they need like 80% of us gone really quickly overnight or something. I, I'm not buying it. Yeah. Well, we also, no one really talks about if there was some sort of major event, what could be summoned through it. Sure. Because look, I mean, look what they were able to do with 9-11. I mean, that's that's, that's like, uh, that's about as ritualistic as it gets. 
Mm-hmm. COVID nineteen. Oh, you, you have a point there for sure. Uh, it's the best depiction of seeing shit like this that I've ever witnessed was the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood series. Mm-hmm. That's playing the long game. That's sacrificing the bodies. That's mm-hmm. all for the gain of power. Highly recommended. BTS Wait, approved. That's a fantastic, uh, fantastic anime. It is. It's it's really great. If anyone hasn't oh, watched it, they should. A lot of occult uh, symbols in there. Uh, you know, when you said FMA earlier, Booberry, to me, uh, that's what came up when I Googled it. Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have worked, too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I don't think that's what he means. But, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I do have a second story on some mushrooms. Um, this one's a real more mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness! Shrooming uh, around tonight, man. And this one, like, I I spent an extra five minutes clicking around. I was like, oh, okay. Magic mushrooms could treat depression better than some medications. A new study suggests. <laughs> man, that's an old study. They've been talking about that for years. Oh, yeah. Well, so they get into the math and, and how many people they tested and how much they gave them and what they... A new study, sure, uh, that they see. paid for and uh, worked on. Lexapro, Ciprolex. Uh, I've never really fucked with these, so I don't know what these brand names are. Um, but I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I get to this quote down here at the bottom from a Dr. Guy Goodwin. This trial does not prove that psilocybin is a better treatment than standard treatment for acetylopram for major depression. Guy Goodwin, a professor emeritus of psychiatry at the University of Oxford, who wasn't a part of the study, told uh, the Science Media Center, however, it offers tantalizing clues that it might be. So I get to thinking, I was like... It's a a, uh, option, I think, is what is hidden in the mix. Is it? Because like, I went to the Book of Knowledge on this dude, and I was scrolling down. Where's he at? What about this guy? Yeah, Guy Goodwin. Notable con- uh, contributions to research from the Book of Knowledge. Goodwin's findings on the impact of depression on brain tissue and memory have led to greater interest in neurogenesis when developing antidepressants, as well as the role of cognition in the treatment of depression. Goodwin was a principal investor uh, investigator of many clinical trials for treatments of bipolar affective disorder, including balance, sequel, and Oxtech studies. He serves on the advisory boards of many uh, biopharmaceutical companies, including AstraZeneca and Pfizer. Oh, no conflict of interest there. Then. So then I got to wonder, and I was like, Pfizer. He's the, pro. <laughs> he's, he's the expert because he works for those guys. If he didn't work for those guys, then he wouldn't be the expert, and they wouldn't have talked to him. So then I got really curious, and I was like, oh, I wonder what SSR, uh, SSRI's Pfizer has. Typed it into the DuckDuckGo. First link, class action Pfizer against uh, Zoloft. And apparently, a bunch of people sold, uh, sorry, uh, did a class action lawsuit against Pfizer um, because their Zoloft pill, which netted them $30 billion in sales, uh, from 1991 to 2017 was just a little more effective than your generic sugar pill. 
<laughs> just a little. Just enough. So then I circle on back and I get to thinking, I was like, well, so here's a guy and he works with mental disorders and depression and psychology, psychiatry, whichever one it is. And he's on the board for Pfizer and I'm sure he's been on the board for a while. Are you meaning to tell me that mushrooms could be almost just as effective as something slightly better than a sugar pill for treating depression? <laughs> is, is this where we're going with it? Oh, man. Lordy. It does it's work, crazy. though. It really does. I mean, I don't know if you guys have experience with it, but... Microdosing, doing a very, very small amount every day for like a week or two, really does something incredible to you. If you, uh, if you, if you're able to do that, you know, not everyone is able to do that. Um, and it's not, it's not like you trip out and you have this big experience. When you microdose, you don't trip out. You just have a certain buzz. It's almost like an alcohol buzz, but it's not woozy and it doesn't kind of discombobulate you it just makes you feel good mm-hmm. and um it's very innocent it's very mild and um if you do it properly and you do it for a week or two it really does you really kind of reevaluate what you're doing and how you go about your day and i think that it's extremely beneficial and it's helped me when i've had some pretty tough times but uh if you take too much then you have a bad time. And I've had plenty of experiences like that where I take too much and I have a really, really bad time and there's nothing, you know, you gotta, you gotta be careful about it. You know, it's the bottom line. Sure. I don't know if, uh, man, it's so, it's so hard for me to, it's so hard for me to say about a bad trip, you know, so there's definitely been like tear and pain and like all kinds of different negative, uh, extremes very intense extremes but mm-hmm. um i never came out of a trip like wishing i didn't or like uh you know mm-hmm. or like clawing to get back into one like right away as fast as i could either you know right it's a, it's its own self-contained little experience you enjoy it and then you can walk away from it it's not and like I, other drugs I've, I've met a lot of people who have had both you know some people who've like even tried a hallucinogenic hallucinogenic experience one time and then just like too rattled, like the cage was too rattled for it. Could like mm-hmm. never did never again. Never again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've just never too. I guess I've never spent the last part of a trip like just dreading and waiting for it to wear off, you know. Well, a lot of it has to do with the constitution of who you are as a person, I find. And um there's some people that unfortunately just are very sensitive to drugs and they have a bad reaction to it and others don't. And uh, people I find who smoke a lot of weed are usually in that category of, you know, they can, they can, they have the party gene. They can do the drug and, sure. and, and come out the other end relatively unscathed. Uh, mushrooms is okay. I mean, you take a lot of mushrooms, but mushrooms really doesn't last too, too long. It'll last a long time to you, but it'll only be about four or five hours. Yeah. You do a bunch of acid. You, you just have that experience like times about three and a half. 
and it's for like 12 hours. Yep. And it comes and goes and, and it's just like a never ending thing. And Or know, yeah, like uh, fucking forever if you eat too much of that shit. Store yeah. your spinal cord. You ever, ever meet, you ever meet some of those, the perma trippers? Oh yeah. Stay chains, man. Plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of acid going around. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I... I don't. I wouldn't necessarily like outright condemn anything. I mean, I believe in people's freedom to do with themselves what they're going to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's anything you have sovereignty over, it ought to be your own body. But uh, I, I can't say I would recommend it. Damn. No, well, then, there, there goes my plans of uh, once I become president, one of the three main <laughs> tenants was going to make it mandatory to trip on mushrooms at the age of 21. Everybody <laughs> can trip. I'd say everybody should just, you know, try it. But in the moderate dose, you know, it's like don't don't eat a sheet on a yeah. bed. <laughs> Everything in moderation. Hey. But don't do it if you don't want to do it because you only enjoy a psychedelic if you actually want to do it. If well, you don't want to do it, you're going to it's going to be hell for you. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine getting dosed to something like that would be kind of bullshit. Uh a la looking at you, Ari. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. In my book, I consider it the same as rape. It's, like, just as repugnant because it's, like, the sim- it's the same concept, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that violation of personal space. And, and both can be, like, well, you were into it eventually. And both can be, like, it didn't hurt you, you know? And, like, both can involve pleasure. But um, still wrong because that goes back to the consent, you know, and, like, stealing someone's consent. It's just uh, mm. abhorrent. It's abhorrent, and it shouldn't it shouldn't uh, be done or tolerated, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. I haven't really seen or heard much from him. Um, granted, I guess I never really went out of my way to listen to his shows. Uh, he had Sam Tripoli on one time, and it was pretty pretty interesting. But Ari Shafir, uh, yeah, I kind of yeah, take him or leave him beforehand. Listen. He was always just like on the periphery of the Rogan camp. I'm sure he had his own thing, but <laughs> every, sir, time, sir. every time this comes up, Chris will defend Ari. Oh gosh, what have I done? Oh, sorry, Chris. You know, I just yeah. I don't have anything against him. I just haven't uh, ever really like like experienced Ari Shafir. You know, Based apparently he's the real Mickey Pill. Come on. Man. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, it's no cool. big deal. It's cool. You can go to those parties, man. I tend to stay away from those kind of parties. Oh, those parties are shit. Those are dirty, filthy parties. You don't <laughs> want to go to those parties. Doing a really bad job at selling it there, lavish. <laughs> <laughs> Had me at dirty. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's for a certain demographic. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I will say, uh, legend has it, I don't believe in the concept necessarily of uh, a bad trip. Um, because one way or the other, that trip is going to happen. And one you haven't way, had enough acid in your life, my friend. Well, one way or another, like there's going to be a <laughs> message that's, gonna, that's just going to smack you in the mouth. And I think it really just depends on... Um, how hard you push back against it. Uh, 
because legend has it, sometimes psychedelics have a way of digging in and pointing out the shit that uh, you don't necessarily want to want to sit on or think on or acknowledge. It can flush out all the all the bad juju for sure. Yep, and we'll bring it right up to the front, and there is absolutely. Uh, another layer of contacting extraterrestrials and seeing weird mm-hmm. shit in space. Mm-hmm. Um, that is absolutely there as far as I'm or concerned. Al- <laughs> also known as the demons that exist around us in some alternate parallel plane of existence, etc. But, uh, you know, we don't have to get into that today. So it not, might not be true. Yeah, demons, angels. Aliens, I very much one and the same. I think. Yeah, there's a little overlap there. You know, Venn diagram time. Right, alien just seems such such a. Uh, it's been memed way too hard, but it's such a open ended concept. You know. I feel bad for Midnight Mike of uh, Our Big Dumb Mouth because he was lamenting that UFOs had gone so mainstream now. He was just, he was sick of talking about all these non-starter stories, and mm-hmm. it's just, uh, I was like, man, I definitely feel that, like... Oh, the mainstream ruins everything, dude. Five, six years ago, yeah. like, conspiracy was still sort of on the fringe, but now it's been fucking just ripped to the to the fucking front step, and and now if you... But God with nothing damn. substantial, they talk about it all day long, but nobody actually still really believes that there is any aliens running around. Yeah, well, that's true. And it's, for me, it's always been about the Great Barrier. There's just so many things that keep an alien from coming here. It would just would make more sense that life has developed for billions of years here, and there's just a bunch of different shit. And also, we live in a reality uh, simulation, and uh, there are ghosts. That's that's probably in the mix too. But I can't back that 100 percent there, champ. Short for champion. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of a folder that I forgot about. <laughs> oh, thank God. I remind you of your folder. Find gotta, that folder. Got to have them folders on a post-it note, man. Maybe we can do that later, kiddo. Maybe we can have the conversation. <laughs> folder? Fucking fascist. I can hardly know her. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> You can't. That shouldn't be in there. It's in the wrong folder. <laughs> Uh-oh. You found the fun folder. Yeah. It's just <laughs> Not clips. <laughs> you want to know why? We here on the Behind the Schemes do not... Uh, promote uh, any drug use of any kind. If you're going to listen to our show and do drugs, that's on you, bitch. Don't fucking blame us for being cool and doing drugs, okay? <laughs> don't do not do it. If, if you don't want to do it, okay? No, don't don't be forced to do anything. Don't be, don't, t- don't fall into peer pressure, okay? You make weed look so uncool. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> don't fucking at me. A loser, go ahead and smoke. Don't fucking at me. 
<laughs> Dumb. Oh, God. Well, tell you, a lawyer, he could take the rest of the night off, Lavish. It's going to cost you a fortune. Oh, my. Who? Your gonna, lawyer. My lawyer? Yeah, give him the rest of the night off. I, if I had one, I would, man. I'd call him up right now. I advise you to uh, tell the listeners, like, uh, drugs are bad, okay? Actually, that's not true. I, I have a lawyer. I could call him up. I, could, I was going to say. I got a buddy who would who would uh, represent me in a heartbeat. He's well, a, well, okay, before... before he um, defends Monsanto. He's the real deal. Okay, so you got that guy, but what <laughs> if we could get... Nice. Brian Wilson's legal team in here. Oh my god. Do we get Brian Wilson too? Bruh. Can we get Brian Wilson? I'm there aren't a lot no of guarantees. people I would go goo goo about meeting more than Brian fucking Wilson of the Beach Boys. Okay. <laughs> like he's the man. Be Willie, what's up? <laughs> I I'd talk we talk about the smile sessions. Oh my god, it'd be a joy. Uh but anyway. Yes, the answer is yes. A thousand times yes. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, start I'll start moving on that one a, a little harder, see what we can swing and uh, make, make, uh, make happen there. He's on retainer. Yes, yes, Fletcher. I'm getting a very no, down dude. vibe. Very down from lavish. Don't fucking, my lawyer will fucking. <laughs> the last time I saw this guy, we got so fucking drunk i got that was probably the most hammered i've been in like the last three years was with this guy oh my god anyway he's a great lawyer and uh that's about it that's about you it got, you gotta know you gotta know at least a couple i was so drunk i threw up on a cop's shoe that night <laughs> <laughs> oops hope uh hope uh, everything go Went well. <laughs> Everything came out really well, right under the cup shoe. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you get for hitting the bong. Hitting the bong. <laughs> well, I got uh, I got one more story that involves fun guys, uh, and then maybe we can play a scream mail and go to intermission. Um, but this, this article is kind of cool. Uh, I don't know all of the full science behind it, but, uh, the former ex liberal in me says, well, I hope this works out cause that sounds rad as shit. Mycelium using mushrooms to make packaging materials. Ooh. Uh, he, right. Uh, that's mm. kind of cool. That's like uh, save the planet type stuff. I know. I mean, like I will say, like I said, full disclaimer, recovering liberal. Well, I was going to ask you because you said uh, former ex-liberal before. Oh, that's right. I was right. wondering if you went back. Sorry, that, that's the liberal in me using the double speak. <laughs> that's what happened there. I got tripped up. I reverted back to the old normal. I'm actually a uh, reformed, uh, twice reversed liberal, no foam. <laughs> I'm a born-again Republican. But uh, so the, they they uh, they actually grow the mycelium in molds to fit the boxes for whatever they're shipping. It takes a couple of days, but um, I don't know. Like you've seen the mushroom coffins, right? Are mushrooms something that would sort of bridge the gap between 
um, silicon and carbon? Uh, Possible. I mean, the cool thing about mushrooms is as they grow is that they eat stuff that's like decaying or waste, you know? Mm-hmm. So if they can be part of our manufacturing process that turns waste into like uh, future waste, because that's, I mean, all packaging is just future trash, you know? It's pretty as you make it. So if you could take trash and then make future trash out of past trash and then just keep it within its own trash ecosystem. Right. It doesn't only save, like, pollution. It also saves their, you know, everyone's bottom line. It's self-sustaining trash economy. Yeah, man. Yes. Keep trash trash, man. Like, that's where I stand, you know. I hear people say all the time, just bury me in the ground, turn me into a tree. Don't, you know, let the worms eat me. It's more natural. But they don't let you do that because, you know, then there'd be dead bodies buried around and stuff. And uh, it'd be a problem. Well, you know how you get around that is about halfway down, you bury a dead dog on top of it, and then you continue to fill in. Oh, yeah, there you go. Get to the They found a dog. They yep. got a, a dog? Like a, a live dog? Well, I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> kind of psycho okay. freak. Okay. Do you think I can? Yeah. You stay in the hole long enough. They're just fucking everywhere, man. Yeah. Yeah. Stay there. I'm going to throw dirt on you. <laughs> Dog's like, okay, this is great. Okay, yeah, this is great. Okay, what the fuck? I'm out of here. Dog just keeps like standing up every 12 minutes as you're filling the hole in. <laughs> hey, stop that. Okay, I'm going to lay down again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Hey, stop that. Okay, uh, or you can take geez. them down to the hog farm, and that's just Siri's suggestion. Oh, you know, a pig can the eat path- through about a body in about three hours. Path of least resistance, man. And steep yeah. definition. I mean, how could you go wrong? Wait, what was that? Oh, the the pig root. Oh yeah 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 yeah. That that would be brutal. It would find. Go through bones like butter. What if <laughs> you were fed to pigs and then the pig's waste was turned around to feed mushrooms for you to get packaged to, I don't know, fucking hang out with some sort of material that would hang out in a box? Mm. I'm trying to think of a good packaged material. The, the the mushrooms are they like edible? Are they cool? They they put you in a box of, like, or do they just go away? Or do they turn like? Why don't why doesn't someone just when I die just put a coconut in my chest and then throw me in the ground? Wouldn't know. that be like better? I like the imagery of this. And then I just turn into a beautiful coconut tree. <laughs> I mean, going from. I'm a homo sapien, me a homo sapien, to pig shit to trash sounds, I don't know, less exciting. <laughs> yeah. I want to be a beautiful coconut tree instead, where they yeah. put Christmas lights on me in the in the wintertime, but it's not cold. That's <laughs> that's what I want. That's me. We're uh, activating, <laughs> activating some almonds in the chat. Just, just fuck, a man can fucking dream. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's had uh, dream content. Have you noticed that? It's like been a heavy dream content for this past week. 
Yeah. Like the rat. Hog story. Uh, yeah, John again tonight mentioned his dream that he dreamed That's about gummy right. nerds. I think oh, Carblins took a, a weed break so that she could get more dreams too. She's got dreams coming in. Nice. Dreams are good. They get the they get the let out. I, I've, I've, I've caught snippets. I will say that most of my dreams for 2020 have undoubtedly taken place in a house. And I have, without a doubt, noticed that I'm inside of a house. But it's always a different house. Um, mm. it, it all ranges of, of different types of houses, too. Some familiar, some not familiar. Um, it's very interesting. Hmm. We can do a the settings of dreams are very like uh, telling. Yeah, my dreams are always some carnival version of a place that I know well. <laughs> I have sounds, a lot of those. Yeah, that sounds kind of yeah. awesome. <laughs> like an evil car. I know. I think that's why I keep doing it. I'm like, what if I go to a place I know, but it's an evil carnival? Oh yeah, and then that's that's where things start. <laughs> that's me. what the last one I remember. It was like. A place I'd never been to, but it was my uncle's place. You know, in a dream, it can be like there's two facts that completely don't corroborate, but mm-hmm. they just are, and you hold them and don't question them. Like in the we dream were, until you don't. Yeah, yeah. We were staying at like my uncle's side place, my uncle's lake house. You know, his second place, even though it looked nothing like it. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was weird. Um, everyone was there, in my family and friends. It was just like everyone was there. It was just fucking everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so because everyone was there, quote unquote, like everyone is also nondescript. So like, I don't even remember specific people or like everyone could have been like each body I saw could have been like five or seven people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, dreams kind of like that, but they just like represent so many people that they're all morphed into one. And, um, I don't know what went down, but it just like everything broke down and the house started decaying and there was this storm and like it went from this just fancy money building to like a rotting wood cabin with rain blowing in the walls and it was crazy. Like wet, wet uh, sawdust everywhere, soggy sawdust because the walls were just crumbling into sawdust, but then getting rained on. Hmm. An interesting texture to add to your cerebral experience. It was weird. I woke up like unable to shake that like I was like, Jesus, we could be like on the edge of a complete societal breakdown. Cause that's what it felt like. It felt like total societal breakdown. Maybe that's one of the reasons why you had that idea in your head. You were thinking about that. It's Doing positive. this show, it's just like, yeah, we, we bury we bury ourselves in all this doom and gloom a lot of the time. And the dreams are a great way to kinda kinda act that out in our heads and and get it out in a weird, fun, healthy way, you know? It's almost creative. I mean, it's definitely creative to to dream like that. Some, uh, we were talking about Tripsy earlier, and I feel like trips feel a lot like dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. Like dreams that you can somehow have while you're still, like, awakened with other people. There's a part of your brain that you can unlock. I think that, I mean, improvisation is like a big part of it. Like when when you do drugs, you're more open and all that, you know. 
And when you're worried or you're anxious, you're you kind of close down. Fear is the mind killer type of thing. Sure. And drugs, <laughs> I shouldn't say drugs. I should say psychedelics, specifically mushrooms and acid. They they really help you. They they tear down those those things, those filters in your head, and they kind of just open you up. And alcohol does the same thing too, and weed does the same thing in a certain way. It's the wildest thing about, I guess, maybe psychs in general, but acid specifically. Like the first time I ever tripped on acid, uh, we were walking through the woods as as you are wont to do on any one of these things, and uh, there this weird, like you were saying, uh, I don't know something about like the evil carnival. It's just like cartoon interface or overlay over everything over reality, mm-hmm. over sounds, over visuals. But there's a certain point in a group setting where everybody's s- s- tapping in and seeing the same thing. And mm-hmm. if everyone's on, on the same thing, they do that. Yeah. My buddy who got a hold of it and uh, showed it to me for the first time. But by this point, I was like realizing all this shit that was just like happening around and just mesmerized and in awe of it. And I was just like, holy fuck, man. Like, we could change the le- the carpet colors. We could change the leaf colors. And I was just being like, boo-boo-boo. And like, you know, throwing my hand out and mm. changing the colors. But everybody was seeing it. Or like, you could snap your fingers and like, you wouldn't even have to say anything else. But everybody saw what you did to like, yeah, the over there, you know? It's so uh, beautiful, the connection. That kind of shit just blew my mind. And uh, yeah. he was like, uh, at that point, he he thought I was playing him. He thought that I was like, he thought I had tripped a bunch of times, and then I was just like putting him on that it was my first time tripping or something. <laughs> and I was like, well, dude. The one thing that's funny about acid that people don't realize when they haven't done acid is that you don't actually really change that much as a person. As a matter of fact, you could be argued that you become more yourself than you are usually. And uh, you see funky things and you and you have funky thoughts and they're you go into waves where you just completely zonk out and you see colors and you have a great time. But whenever you're coherent and whenever you're just like rolling and doing your thing, you're very much yourself. You're not drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not swooshing around. You're not incoherent at all. You are completely you. <laughs> very yeah. much so. Highly intent, uh, highly, uh, high in- uh, intensity and attention. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I've, yeah, but I've done it with eight people too. Like acid, we all do the, eight, all of us do the same thing, eight of us, and we all just for the next five hours are completely on the same page. It's it's the, wild the whole how day. <laughs> interconnected it all gets. Like uh, I trip balls at Bonnaroo um, when I turned twenty one, and you just tripping with like a <laughs> hundred thousand people or whatever the fuck go out there, you know, like. Uh, it's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. You get points, and you're at too. you're at a you're at a stage show, and it's so synchronous that like, you know, the guy up on stage is leading the crowd, but everybody is so fucked out of their mind, and then locked mm-hmm. in into their mind. It's wild moments, bro. Yeah, it's a weird experience. And then how much you know, power is just flowing through the rock copper? 
that's not only surrounding the stage, but going up and above on the truss and stuff, you made a little copper temple. Something that just... Uh, Electric temple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> danger, danger. Have a danger. When we touch, when we chaos. <laughs> I love that song. Y'all turned me on to it. It's a real ass shaker, man. Bruh. <laughs> it gets the people going, especially no at the doubt. weddings. People no will lose it. <laughs> Myself included. Hell yeah. Uh, how about a scream mail? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do one. Yeah, scream one on us. Oh, nice. nice. Unadulterated beastum. That's going to be an A for me. This whole thing is spooky. Fucking spooky. Spooked. Consider me spooked, you guys. It's fucking I, uh, good shit. I gotta go back to my donation note and pull that. There's something spooky going around these here parts from JCD. <laughs> See if it's as awesome as I remember it being. <laughs> Dude, I'm not kidding though. The the JCD donate donate is the funniest shit that I've heard for in probably a year. On like when they do the oh, they do the whole music with it and shit. I oh gets me. Oh yeah, time. that one's great. <laughs> that, that Kanye parody one. Yeah, oh. yeah, they do the Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What, what? If you'd like to participate in this fun, you too can scream into our ears six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. That's six one two two six three. Sexy. That's right. So sexy people. You can say whatever you want. You can scream. You can holler. You don't have to scream. You can just say hello. We don't mind. Uh, you know, all anonymous, all on the level. And uh, thank you. There are all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. All kinds of weird shit. Oh, we didn't play the thing, but I want to play the thing because Spencer's here and he made it and it's amazing. Told you who was behind the schemes, but you'll never know who's behind the screens. Call our creep phone now and leave a scream mail. We'll play it on the show. 612263 Sexy. 612263 That's 612263799. Mama Barry points out that uh, that collar sounds like a Yeti or a Sasquatch. Has Mama Barry met many Yetis or Sasquatch? I, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't want to speak out of term for Mama Barry. It's quite possible. Uh, Very well. I don't know if we've ever had that conversation. It's a fair. <laughs> it's a fair observation. It's a fair observation. And I'm not in contestation. Oh, shit. Uh, so we did that. Um, my last little bit of business, I should have mentioned this during the uh, donation segment. 
um, lavish, I believe yours should be showing up here pretty soon. Um, but Charlie and the team from Aftermath, the metal band from Chicago that we talked to two episodes ago, they sent us a little care package. Uh, <laughs> so I got a fucking shirt, some pins, and a f- the uh, all. He, he oh. had something. It's gone now. I like the back of the good. album cover. It's got uh, it's the Eye of Providence with the uh, symbol eye, kind of wedged up into the middle of it. But it, nice. it's the there is something wrong CD. Beautiful, nice. I look forward to getting uh, my sweet sweet merch. It's going to be awesome. Much thanks to Aftermath. Much thanks to Charlie and to his brother. What a bunch of nice guys. If we ever go to Chicago, if I ever go to Chicago, I'm going to hit that son of a bitch up. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Friends. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Um, I, yeah. I, I think it's uh, I think it's time for an intermission. Um, yes. Y'all, y'all feel good so. with that one? I'm, I'm about it. Hell yeah, I got some weird shit for this one, I think. Some good music, too. Yeah, will you be hanging out for a second half, second, second half of show, Mr. Spencer? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely, I'll be, I'll be here. If, you, if you'll if you have me. Oh, we want you. Oh, yeah. We'll have you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, I can, I can yak on second half. Sweet. Well, fuck yak yeah. Yak on Uh, I, I think, think I can fix my sound thing, too, honestly. Sounds good. Sounds good well, from where I'm at. In fact, uh, well, let me try it really quick. This one's a little on the long side. Uh, we're looking at 12 minutes, but like I said, I got some music. I got some listener-generated music, it's which I'm now. very excited for. Nice. Let's see. I'll say I wonder. Let's. Uh, we'll, we'll come back after uh, second half. We'll let Spencer play with it. And... Um, and then that way it would be easy to edit, unless we could do it right now. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a cool intermission. I hope you enjoy it. We'll be right back after this quick brock. I think I can do it like this. Oh, yeah, it works. I know how to press the button. You got the tape to, to play? Yeah, <laughs> I did it.
perfect one. Black is the brooding bad boy. Green is the clown and yellow, well, she's the girl. So what are you supposed to be? I'm Scottish! A sassy dress, go for it. Go, go, buries you down with bikini bear. Get smooth skin to show for it. For underarms and legs, our improved Bikini Bear Lotion Depilatory with a pleasant scent in use and our unique applicator remover, which provides a mild friction for quicker, more thorough hair removal. And say goodbye to razor stubble with Bikini Bear French Foam. Bikini Bear, go for it. Get smooth skin to show for it. Bikini Bear. New Licker Color. As you lick, they change colors. The colors, Duke. The colors. I'm colorblind, kid. So what do you want, Paul? <laughs> What's that one concrete goal that motivates all your actions? I don't think I have one of those. Well, then how's anyone supposed to sympathize with you? Tetris beatbox. <clears throat> What yet, yow? Man, I tell you what, Hank, about that and dang old meaning of life, man. It's like this, man. You like a butterfly flapping his wings deep down in the forest, man. It's gonna cause a tree fall like five thousand miles away, man. And ain't nobody see it, nobody don't don't even happen. You know, the baby's born into this world, and they don't, they don't got any friends, and got no nothing but to go come in and find out all about them old evil, man. Man, see, like you don't need to know, man. We're gonna. It's like you're born into this world, man, and you got like it's like this, man. The dust in the wind, man. Or like the dang old candle in the wind, man. You gonna, it don't matter, man. It's all the old, old, these old times. You know what I think, man? Like them dang old, I think, therefore you are, man. Well, that's what we tell ourselves, isn't it, Boomhauer?
average looking guy. I've wrecked some cars. I've drunk some wine. But once in a while I start a fight with pies. And I kill a man. And I do some time. Me. The other night I got arrested with that son of a bitch, crazy bitch, for throwing pies at old Max Madison. We hit him hard. We broke his chin. He touches me. So now I'm locked up in the state penitentiary. Very hip. What a scene. Uh, when I get out, I'll join a band named Queen and they'll call me Fred. E. Mercury. Oh, poor clown in a prison, just waiting and waiting. Papa's gotta help me out. I miss the circus. Just waiting and waiting. Wow! Mother Ruth the Milk of Life's Papa's gonna help me out. I got these two boys back clapside. We went down dancing, you know what I'm saying? We were grooving with the ladies, and I got I got shot in the leg. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. And anybody that looks at what's going on clearly sees that. You have to be asleep not to see that. That is what's going on. Science and the truth are being attacked. Bruh. Who are you talking to right now? Who is it you think you see? You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. You think I follow the science, Skylar? I am the science. 29, 30, 30, how hot, about 33? Got up to 33. Did it? That was it. Couldn't hear it after that? No. This is Jim Pewter with Brian Wilson and we're... Huh? Woo! Heavy. Yeah. When I grow up to be a man, I got in my room next, Brian. Oh. Yeah, that... Ah. That one, uh... The title. You like Mm -hmm. the title? Yeah, I do. People can relate to that. Today on the new Leave it to Beaver... It's a double dose of Mayfield Mayhem. First, it's prom time. I want to go with the kind of girl whose face could launch a thousand ships. Or at least whose body could launch a couple hundred. But right now, I don't think I could get a date with that toothless cafeteria worker. Then, a little rebellion. Hey, House of Prisoners end up. Becomes a battle of wills. I'm sticking up for my rights. It's a matter of principle. But you leave it to Beaver. Beginning at 6.05 Eastern on the Superstation today.
return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, 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 and Lavish, 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 We're back for second second half of show, and we're back. That last track was from a listener to Junta, and I love it. I love that song so much. Thank you, Junta, or to Junta. I I I, I picture it's Junta, like the word Junta, which is like a, a military upheaval. Oh, I might just be really dumb too. So we'll have to. Oh, you know, <laughs> take yeah, that into gentle. account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a real word. We're getting a little uh, feedback here. Boop, boop, check, check one two, boop, whoop. Oh, we good. Yeah, Can I help. Yeah, yeah. See, so, yeah, I oh, got man. you. Monomix, cool. Good to go. Tried to fix it a little bit, somewhat. I don't know if it helped or made it worse. I don't know. Sounds great. Uh, I'm going to take 69 seconds to piss and get a beer real quick, though. Do it. Because I was fiddling with my mic the whole fucking break. Oh, man. Fiddling with my mic, you know what I'm saying? hey yo. hey yo. Well, I can take this time to do a quick uh, impromptu meetup report because there was one here in Minnesota today. That you went to just before the show. Oh, yeah. So I got off of work, and I came home, and I <laughs> blitzed through, rush, did everything. <laughs> nice. So what happened? Tell us about it. It was cool. So it was like, you know, six people were expected to show up, and I think there was plus 15 people. Um, nice. So yeah. Double the expected outturn. Very good. Yeah, I, I, I do feel bad for the wait staff because the table just kept getting bigger with more people and more tables getting add, added to it. Uh, oh, they're getting paid. So sad. But uh, it was cool. Met some met some fun folks. I'd like to especially shout out Sir Golo, who was a listener of the show, and he was there. And he was like, whoa, you're Booberry? And I was like, dude, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Look at you. Getting getting a little bit of that taste, man. That's what I was expecting when you go to these uh, Minnesota meetups, man. It's like people should be listening to the show if they live near near you because you're a local. I yeah. definitely want to start doing the monthly. I mean, because there's there, I didn't see anybody from the Niswa meetup, so there's mm-hmm. at least twenty folks in the area within four hours. Within four hours, okay. So that's not too bad. So you've so you've been to two meetups now in let's say two months or a month, month and a half maybe. A uh, month and a half, and, two months, yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's awesome. You should keep doing them. I I keep missing all of mine. The last two I've missed because I've either been out of town or otherwise, and I'm going to miss a third now, which is like down the street. They've got all these meetups happening around me, and I have to keep fucking missing them, and I'm sad. But eventually, I'm going to get a, get to a meetup. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Meetups. Uh, uh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Little Shop of Horrors is very funny. That's, that's a very funny musical, too. I would say Little Shop of Horrors is actually more enjoyable than Book of Mormon. Oh. That's what I can say. Oh. I've only seen Little Shop. I've never seen Book of, Book of Mormon. 
Have you ever seen? You saw the movie with Rick Moranis and uh, in a little cameo from Bill Murray. Mm-mm. Oh, you've never saw that? Oh man, no, this no. Is a, the classic mm-hmm. movie is is with uh, Rick Moranis and. Oh wait, you're talking about Little Shop. Little Shop, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's the one everyone's seen, right? I'm that's sorry. The, yeah. Yeah, th- I love that. I think that's a really one of the all time great uh, musical films. Because there aren't a lot of great musical films. Rocky Horror. Like, oh yeah. Rocky, Rocky Horror is up there, obviously. Classic. Rocky Horror is all right, but it's like. If it weren't for the wild shit that spawned around it, it, it wouldn't quite be. Well, for know. for certain people, I mean, for certain people, they really, really <laughs> get a kick out of it, and that's why some shit grew up around. That's it. true. But that's definitely true. Literally, I, there was nothing about that statement that you made, and this is the first time ever that I couldn't get behind. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this motherfucker I mean, knows about nothing. Fucking time. <laughs> I mean, I see both sides of it, and I've been on both sides of it, but I definitely, yeah, I love Rocky War. There's a little phrase around these here, these here parts as goes, shut your whore mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love Rocky War. I love the... I love the aspect that it started as this little, like, uh, sort of one-off, off... uh, it wasn't Broadway, it's the West End, but, you know, it's like super teeny tiny little theater and it just kept growing and um, it's always had a cult following, even even before the, uh, the the movie really took off with the audience participation. Yeah, that's definitely, for me, what makes it, like, unique and in a class of its own in a lot of ways, I think. Mm. I will say the sequel, Shock Treatment, it's a weird little pill to try and swallow, but you give it a couple of goes, and um, I would say it's a movie that's well ahead of its time because you're looking at, what, 1983, I think, is when it came out? And they're basically covering the concept of reality TV, mm. uh, which is uh, fairly interesting. The music's weird. It's more so the continuing misadventures of Brad and Janet um, rather than a proper sequel to Rocky Horror, so you're not going to see, you're not going to see Meatloaf or Eddie. You're not going to see Frankenfurter or Rocky. Mm. It's um, a total move on piece. But I don't, I have to admit I'm not familiar with that. I mean I love Rocky Horror, but I've never seen other than from what I've heard from you and you've played stuff in the past from from that. But uh, oh yeah, that Good Night song. Yeah, it's a yeah. little sign off tune we'll use sometimes as a. The Lullaby track, which is just, it's a phenomenal song. Right. But for most musical films, they suck. I mean, I think we can all be in agreement on that. Like like uh, the, the Les Mis movie. I've seen some really incredible productions of Les Miserables that in like a community theater in Fresno, California, in some like farming community. And it's been some of the best stuff I've seen. And they made that movie, and it's just absolute trite garbage. I mean, it's just a bunch of blurry close-ups and a bunch of people that can't sing. And other than that, the costuming and everything is great, but you can't fucking see anything because the the cinematography is so weird. And everything's, like, close-up and blurred, and it's garbage. And that's how most musicals are, most musical movies, I think. They're, They're difficult to swallow. Unless, of course, you're just, like, straight up into that. 
There's a demographic. <laughs> the uh, Cats movie version, not mm-hmm. the not the '90s VHS one, which is uh, it's pretty good. It's got um, funny enough, the guy that plays Rum Tum Tugger is also the alien from Critters. If you remember that one, uh, that's a great connection. <laughs> yeah. There's there's another sci-fi series that he did. Uh, we used to watch. The name escapes me. Um, but the new one, uh, I mean, if you just want an hour and forty five minutes of uninterrupted not being able to turn away from the screen, I'd highly recommend watching Cats. <laughs> nah, I would not. I just for the record, I'm going to go out there and say no. Don't watch Cats, no matter what. It is. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Sir Spencer, yeah. just curious, do you have like a favorite movie ever that just comes right to oh, mind yeah. when I ask you the question? Yeah, easily. What is it's, that? Uh, it's The Big Lebowski. Hands oh, down. hell yeah. The Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I would say probably from the second time I saw it on, it's been my favorite movie of all time. Nice. It's such a great film. It's like top five greatest films made in the last like 50 years. <laughs> and then the the third through like the 269th times I've seen it just further reinforced it. The first time, it's not that mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I thought it was a great movie, but it's just so much that I think the first time you see it, it's kind of like Pulp Fiction or like any other really full film where it's just like, so concept heavy and there's a lot of different timelines and arcs, you know, story arcs a lot that don't have to necessarily do with one another, That it's like, Mm -hmm. it takes more than once to fully kind of start to get a big picture of it. You know, the world is so full of, of characters and there's so much to catch. It's wild because it's a movie too, that there's no wasted lines in, No, but when you sit down for two hours or whatever, you know, you're going to uh, have to scratch your ass or go pee or, you know, um, look over there instead of at the screen or, you know, you're going to miss certain things just even if you're paying well attention. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's wild. Like sometimes I'll watch that movie and still see new stuff in it. Uh, like just yeah. little things that I didn't catch, like little hints that I didn't catch. Which is the mark of a great film. Every time you watch it, you catch something new. That, you know, that's that's yes. great. That's what makes it great. Yeah, Spencer, would you mind actually kicking on the bowl stream? Maybe it looks like Carolyn was having some issues getting connected to us for some reason. Oh, uh, sure, shortenly. Give her a little uh, work around, reach around, sort of old college try, as I'll she to, says. I'll have to go oh, back no. to the old setup, but I don't know if it was any better or worse. Oh um, shit! Tarantino's really great. I love Tarantino. I'll be back momentarily. Yeah. Uh, as far as movies, I'd have to pick out Be Evil Dead, the original. Totally. That's totally your favorite movie, Evil Dead, the OG. That's, a, that's of course, a great, 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 great top five fucking film, uh, horror film, uh, I would say. Probably like, a, I, I, I don't know what the genre would be. A comedy horror, I guess, is what I'd call it, or, or something. I don't know, but it's just so enjoyable. Hey, man, good old-fashioned cult horror. Nothing more, nothing less. Cold is films. This, uh, is this thing working now? 
Check one, two. You coming in? I hear you. Okay, cool. Oh, I see. He had to. Okay. So we I'm went back, back to the original. The bowl, the, bowl, the bowl should be having it now. The bowl should be live. Maybe it's uh, Carblands is uh, some sort of uh, local. Yeah, it, it was off. I turned it off to change my setups, and I don't even know if it really actually changed the sound quality much, if any. Mm. Oh, The Thing is another classic for me. Like, The Thing, Evil Dead, They Live. Holy Trinity. Oh, yeah. I like, and I like Tremors, that. too. You got to have Tremors, too, in there. That's <laughs> Is that Kevin Bacon? No, that's the one after Kevin Bacon. They couldn't afford him for two. <laughs> My favorite movie oh. is The Warriors. Oh, the, yeah. The gang from Coney Island. I was just... I was like... I'm sorry. I was thinking of a, I was thinking talking Carolyn's problem out on the mic, but she can't hear us. So I didn't think about <laughs> Carolyn, listen to us. If you want to listen to us, follow these instructions. Okay, Carolyn, you can turn the ball stream on now. It's good, Carolyn. <laughs> this message will self detonate in five, oh four, God. three. Carolyn, whatever you do, don't. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> oh, I just want to point out something here for a second on the record. On Sir Sir Seat Suitor's recommendation, I went and I checked out Machete Kills. And I have a serious issue with that fucking movie. Uh-oh. Because when, when Machete is talking... Machete. Machete is talking to motherfucking Mel Gibson. And he's like, I can predict the future. And then a trust tower falls over. There's no way that there wouldn't be a swarm of people just losing their fucking heads over that gratuitous safety hazard. Uh, there would be people with hard hats and clipboards, and there would be investigations, and there That's would right. be there'd investiga- be a lot of lawsuits if that were to really go down like that. Yeah, and be an insurance kerfuffle. Nobody better than I. Commercial construction does not fuck around. You gotta be OSHA uh, certified all down the line. Machete. People, Chinese, communist country, or some shit like that, man. It's talking about America. I'll tell you, man. They're gonna gonna build those elevators in China, man. They cut people in half, man. I'll tell you what. Those fucking elevators, they go up and down. I'll tell you what. You chop you in half, man. Dang, oh. I think Carolyn's getting throttled by old Justin Trudeau himself, dude. What a. Fucking douchebag. Fuck that guy. Because it's uh, Lorian's, I think, listening on the bowl stream just fine. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Wait a minute. We got Servo listening, and I think that he's north of the border. She's wondering if uh, maybe we could have reached yeah. capacity, but I just, I'm not in a position no limit. of where to know where um, to look. Um, the limit on mine's 50, and when I turned it off, there was zero listeners, but um, I just went to it, and it also was working, so I don't know. I have provided direct hyperlink for uh, consumption of audio materials. You have done what you can do. And for this, I smoke bowl to you. Please, can you tell me, have you received satisfactory customer service? Thank you, sir. Brave does suck. Blocks everything. I can't watch any of my my programs. I just pulled it up in Brave. Oh shit! What's even going on? I had it on in Brave, dog. 
this is this is a scheme for the ages. No, you blame a brave. Don't you blame a brave. Brave is brave. You blame uh, Trudeau first, the brave never. We here in Cuba love Trudeau. <laughs> I got dang old 11 bat my, I'm, I'm a wallet from dang old rewards, man. I'm talking about 571 USD, baby. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Boomhauer, I wish it were that simple. <laughs> <laughs> Sound of <my> people. <laughs> I dude, if a if a different browser paid me a better crypto to use it, I'd use that one. Yeah, y'all are tearing up the fucking the crypto track, man. It's it's really stupid, inspiring. Stupid, stupid games for far less than what Brave gives me. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid games? Because I might, uh, yeah, just funnel my mobile phone and game addiction into something that at least pays me back and something, you know? Stack oh, I thought you were going to make a joke about stupid prizes. Stupid oh, games, no. stupid prizes. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to pump the IQ of the prizes, you know what I'm saying? It's not like that high still, <laughs> but it's, a, it's understandable. At least, it's at least non-zero now. <laughs> it's great. It's not a zero-sum game anymore. It's, uh, it's Plus. We usually call. It's a step in the right direction after all. It's a step in the right direction after all. Oh man, I was kind of wanting the full thing. Mm. <laughs> it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> now you have a blue clip. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Hell yes. Put that in your bowl and smoke it. Yach. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Oh, and it's over to the side. It's off to the side. It's off it to the is, side. It is indubitably off to the side. On on the coin front, I'm definitely glad I got the fuck out of Dodge. Doge, as it were. Doge. Got out of Dodge and got out of my Doge. Yeah. That was a big hype. What a yeah. wild time that was when that was like, Tesla. Yeah. It's been fucking quasi worthless for so fucking long. You know what I mean? I got mine for in like so 2014. Long. But I just used to play dumbass degenerate gambling games and poker. And there was a game called Dogecade that this kid built. Uh, this guy built. And um, you could play like battleships. It was just battleships, you know. And really? Just wage your Doge for it, you know. And games would be like twenty or forty Doge at a at a game because, duh, it wasn't worth nothing. And uh, these are only on PC. You can you can do this. You can't do this on your phone. Well, it's been defunct and dead for so many years. But yes, oh, okay. it, was, it was a PC thing at the time. So there was a specific window where this was happening, and then it yeah. ended. It was like twenty thirteen or fourteen, and then it. I think it disappeared in like twenty fourteen or fifteen, something like for, that. Forgive me for my ignorance, but is Dogecoin that old? Was it around in twenty thirteen? Pretty sure. I think so. I think it was, too. I, it was always, like, it was right away. Sure. It could be off by a year. But. Because 2017 was when I really started getting involved. I got in into it. Cryptocurrency. Like, those, the Bitcoin stuff is, it goes back to, like, 09, I think. But Well, I always knew of Bitcoin, but I never really took it that seriously. And yeah, it my, took me a couple of bull runs for me to get on board, you know? I wasn't even... 
I didn't know about runs or worth when I first got in. I just like knew about faucets and you could get it. And then when I finally figured out how to pay for it in money, I put like 50 bucks in there. Mm. 2013. Yeah. Oh, it's it saying de- it December of 2013 was when it launched. So yeah, it must've been 2014. So to hold through from then on, you know, I mean, it's just like the amount, even, even with this current dip, which I personally think that we're going to just have another slide. It's going to be just like when we were cold for the, for about two years and you know, that's right. just kind of how the cycle of cryptocurrency goes. People will forget about it. They'll call it a joke. They'll be putting a ton of money in it, and they'll be disappointed, you know, because it just it'll keep going down and down and down. And then one day, for one reason or another, because of some event like COVID or something, uh, it'll it'll blast off again, and it will have another bull run, and it will do another ten x on the most basic stuff, and then on all the shit that like was a joke for years all of a sudden it'll be front page news and you'll hear about dogecoin i still can't believe dogecoin is front page fucking news you know it was a shit coin for years and years and years it's hard for me to believe that it is front page news now when it wasn't then because for me there was like a lot more hype then when they were just doing meme shit with it when they were getting like a NASCAR sponsorship and then oh yeah there's all this activity and they do that like sock drive for the homeless every year and there was like a lot of like in my opinion there was a lot more action back then when it was still a meme Mm. coin and then uh because Musk and a couple other like whales decide to do a pump and dump on it I think that's really what happened yeah and it hits certain circles and it hits media circles I mean you got obviously the hype which is the people like us who are in the know about the sorts of things we talk about, and there's a hype to it. But then I find that the real bull runs start happening when you least expect it, and you, you're tired of hyping it, you're tired of, of losing on it for you know years, and then all of a sudden something happens, and it's just like, oh, fuck, here we go again. I mean, it's, the happening is always a, a really great time, just every time it happens. Yeah, and that's always happening. And Supply gets choked off every four years, and then mm. everyone's and people like, get oh, into it. It's performed so well, and there's no ignoring it. If there was, like Bitcoin, if there was any American equity, if there was any stock that was in the you know stock market that did as well as Bitcoin, which is you know 10,000% or whatever in a period of less than 15 years, it would be the next thing. It would be the next Apple. It would be the next whatever, Amazon. People would treat it like that. But because it's a butt coin, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not taken seriously until it is. Well, you know. And it is a butt coin. I, I fully invest in cryptocurrency with the knowledge that it is tulip mania and that it is like... A Ponzi scheme. I, I totally uh, accept that about the element of what it is, but I also think it has practical uses in the real world, and it, it's all of the it's all of those things. It's all of the above, and that's what really gives it its value. Is it's all those things, and all it takes is for the Fed to come in and be like, oh, "All right, fuck you. This is over," and it'll and it'll end overnight, and we'll all be pissed. But. Uh, I I would just have to see it happen before I believe that. It just seems like uh, I don't know. 
seems like they could have yeah. been fucking with it by now. You know, they were like, they've been so ass mad about it before when its value was like far more negligible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, no. uh, with the it's government, be comes, a quick thing. If the, if the government comes in and makes it illegal with the, say the stroke of some pen and then, uh, has to enforce such illegality, they're going to have to like enforce it. And in the meantime, it's going to be, uh, way more lucrative to both hold and acquire it. Mm-hmm. But it'll yeah. also suffer greatly because the main platforms like, I don't know, Coinbase, for example, and, and all kinds of sites, Binance or whatever you use, they're all going to be unable to trade. Right. Yeah. You, get, you immediately get rid of the speculators. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't see it as a threat to Bitcoin itself. Um, it I mean, would, it'll always exist in it some immediately, form. It would immediately end all of the, like the people saying, oh, most of it's just speculative traders. Because then it would be like, oh, well, now you can't speculatively trade in it legally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people will still speculatively trade in it, but it'll all be black market speculative traders who trade in other shit that's illegal right now, you know? Um, well, currency will always be a We'll always use it, you know, a purchasable pay. Or, I'm sorry. Whatever the quote is, I'm too high to even think about it. Purchase will pay whatever they'll pay for it. But the, the idea is that the Fed would make their own cryptocurrency, and they would, and it wouldn't be like tomorrow. It'd be like over a period of 30, 40 years, and they would develop their own system, and they'd be like, "Okay, fuck Bitcoin. This is the way to do it. You got to do it this way now." Kind of like that. It would be. It would be interesting to see. They could pull if they if they would be the first one to pull off. Uh, some sort of a worthy competitor. Because think about it, in 40 years, guys our age are going to be running the Fed. And that's just like the way it goes. You know? Things, I think there will be a lot of innovation with things that we take kind of for granted at this time. And there will be a lot of money to be made. I think that cryptocurrency would be a great investment for at least the next 10 years. But uh, in the end, I don't know if it's going to be around. You know? <laughs> Well, did uh, did either of you guys get a chance to listen to the last misinformed, uh, misinformed nation? Which I should probably I start. I haven't yet. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to blow Gwyf's load, but I, I've got a set of clips here that might be kind of pertinent. Um, these are the clips that he brought to review. It's for uh, uh Sir Gene's show. Um, but his Sir Gene speaks. Yeah, Sir Gene speaks. But he had a guest on. Let me pull up his name. Uh, it sounded like he was an old school uh, Bitcoiner, and I, I didn't recognize the name, uh, nor was I expecting to. It's somewhere in here. Uh, Defango was the guy's name. I believe this is episode fourteen. Um, but he brought up some really interesting shit that. I at least had never really heard mention. Um, they're pretty short. Do you want to step through them real quick? Sure. Not that one. Yeah, oh, I bought a pizza was... with Bitcoin. I've spent <laughs> more money in Bitcoin than people could imagine. I've lost more money in Bitcoin now than people could imagine. Like, I got a phone stolen one time where they had five Bitcoins on it. That's $250,000. And I lost that phone at Coachella. So I wonder, is this the pizza man? 
the the one people always like to browbeat because he spent. Oh, that sounds. No. Real. I don't know. I, I don't. It's a similar story. I think it was the same guy. This. Uh, yeah. He was the pizza man because we talked about that. Right. He spent, I think, eight Bitcoin or or twenty. Gosh, what was it? Somewhere between eight and twenty. <laughs> On the pizza. On a pizza. This was way back in the day. This is like twenty. It was way more than that. It was like hundreds. Yeah. Hold on. Because <laughs> at, at that time, Bitcoin was like less than a dollar. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm just getting fucking paused links on Wikipedia. The number I've heard for the pizza now would be like millions. Ten thousand Bitcoin. Laszlo. That was his handle. Gotcha. Wow. And his first name. Okay, let's do a little math. I can't do the <laughs> pronunciation. Laszlo Hanyet. I don't know. Maybe CSB would know. <laughs> Looks vaguely Slav. 10,000 Bitcoins, sir. It was 41 so, bucks at the time. He was paying like a little bit more than what a pizza was worth because, you know, at the time it would, it would have been weird to take uh, your wallet out and go get pizza for some kind of weird magic internet money. Oh, so he cashed out. I see. So he put a little bit more than, you know. Well, currently Bitcoin is... What's that? The bounty he put on it was just a little bit higher, you know, than the the cost of the actual pizza. Ah, ah. At the time. Yeah. So pizza now... So I'm sorry, Bitcoin now is worth about roughly, let's say, 35 grand. So 10,000 of those, that'd be $350 million. Yep. That's pretty wild. And you know, you can go all the way up to all-time high, it would be like 60, 610 million. Yeah. Over half a billion dollars for a pizza. Yeah, yeah. but at the same point, like, imagine just the cojones of those of those bragging rights. Right, I think it's dope. <laughs> ask him, do you regret it? Do you regret it? I, they never ask him, like, yo, was, you know... I guarantee this guy didn't buy a pizza with all of the Bitcoin he had ever mined. He was an early miner. So those 10,000 Bitcoins were some of the Bitcoins he mined, you know? Mm-hmm. And he probably saw it hit like 400 and went, holy fuck, I'm rich and retired, you know? And then some other guy who bought all of those retired at, you know, the next peak, like two grand or something. Mm-hmm. Definitely probably made some good money. Dudes has just been like holding it and leaving it for a while. And then... Sometimes guys buy at a peak, and then in two months when it corrects, you know, then they go, ah, they sell it all, and then they watch it go, like, double what they bought in for. Mm. I don't know. For me, it's just been like, uh, I never had that much skin in it USD-wise that I've just been, now I just build for the node, so I just build, uh, and I put a little in for, I use some of what we get in, and I buy some here and there when it dips low, like right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just enough to open channels with, and then kind of stream pe- stream to people. And then I stack any kind of fucking basic bitch way I can. A lot of the mint gox tournaments, they can pay you out pretty good. You can make like forty, fifty thousand sats just sitting around playing games and clicking on screens. Mm-hmm. Do you Which, have any interest in? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead boobs. Uh, uh, no, I just, I, I guess I'm, I, I think I'm still kind of hung up on 
which avenue, although I kind of feel like I know the answer, but in the short term, the probably the most effective route is to go voltage node and then when the finances come around, upgrade to the raspy blitz, right? I mean, that's what I started with. And uh, I guess the question is just if you like have a 120 bucks laying around or not yet, you know? Right. Uh. I mean, you don't really need the screen to run a raspy blitz. You can literally just get a can of kit from Amazon. Comes with everything that you need right in it. And then as long as you have a keyboard and a display to plug in it just to get it set up, after that you can just log into it via your other computer on uh, your local your local network and do everything you need to do it from there. Uh, very cool. It'll also make you more confident in general, I think, about computers. Because like, to SSH into another machine on your local network... It's just a pat, you know, you, you're opening up a command line, so you're opening up a terminal, and then you SSH into it, but then within that, it has the same menu that it would have if you had a screen on the computer, you know, you can go up and down and enter and all that crap, so it's not like uh, super elite hacker level stuff, it's just a, you have to know very basic command line in order to log into the thing. And, and it makes you feel like a hacker, though. Well, everybody <laughs> should just know basic command line stuff, I mean... I think it's really Surely. sad that we come out of high school not knowing jack shit about computers, technology, uh, financing, yeah. taxes, accounting, like basic things you need to fucking survive in life. You've I got, find most people don't understand these things to begin with. You got 13 it's years. It's really hard to find teachers who can teach that sort of thing. Maybe. Admittedly, I, I still, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember the the command now, but to log on to the Commodore 64 and to get it to play games, we had to tell it to run. So it's out there for kids. You just really got to want it. <laughs> yeah. SSH is easy. You, you literally type SSH and then the username at the IP address of the computer. And that's it. And then it'll ask you for a password and then it logs you into the thing. Bing. It's really easy to get some basic knowledge on on the matter just by there are a lot of like free resources you can use out yeah. there to kind of start to crack into it a little bit, right? Yeah, definitely. I think Raspy Blitz is not only really well documented, but there's also just groups of people, uh, mainly on Telegram. There's Sphinx too, but the Telegram is really where it's like hop and there's a lot of people that use it and you can just ask a question in there and somebody somewhere will respond to it in most time zones. Well, let's, uh, let me play this clip here. And, um, I think this one's talking about, uh, it's a trap and I really appreciated the aspect that Defrango brings or Defango brings up here. I just, I fail to see the mechanism and, how they think they can get it done. I, I think it's this clip. Uh, which one are you, this one? We're now looking at the banks in a different, complete way. They're actually investing into Bitcoin as an asset. So, you know, another critical function of the blockchain is about to be realized. And, you know, I've said this for a long time, but that the blockchain is a trap. And it's not a trap for people. 
to trap for the banks. But it takes the people in order to the, make the trap sweet enough for the bad guys to come get it, I guess you would have to say. like you, It has to be a big enough nut for them to get interested into it. And they'll be interested in a trillion-dollar market cap, but yep. even then, it's going to put the thumb screws on them even more than what a normal person would think because you know it's not regulated. It's going to bring in regulation, but this is the point in time where the banks have the most to lose because they're so greedy that they're actually going to try to manipulate this thing. And I think we're going to see it very soon within the next couple of weeks. Like we'll see the first ETFs, we'll see a big drop. And then like over the next year or two, we're probably going to watch the market go crazy. And it's just going to be because it's not like the stock market, you know, this stuff's still not regulated. These big companies have been doing it on the side and manipulating the market for sure. And I mean, they've spent the last three years planning their attack and it's about to happen. But what they don't understand is that it was designed for this, right? Like somebody back in the day that put this thing together had the the prescience to understand that the banks were going to be coming and when they would be coming and how they would be coming. And mm. they put something in there that's going to stop them. Mm. I guess I don't understand what the, like, I, I don't outright disagree. I guess I always, I, I always get triggered when people say one to two weeks about literally anything <laughs> we're talking about and be like, yeah, in, in two weeks, two weeks, trust like, it just cues up trust the plan so hard, you know. Uh, trust the plan. In two, in two weeks, we'll be talking about the same shit we're talking about right now in almost all circumstances. But uh, he's not wrong in that the banks, when they start to play in a real way, will discover the same thing that all the whales so far have discovered, which is, you know, you can't take it over. Uh, you can come in and be the new kid on the block and flex a lot of dick, and uh, you can even get a lot of people to go in with you uh, in both directions and people will make and lose a shitload of money when new big, you know, notable players get in, but it's not going to really shake the super long term. I don't think Hmm. it's it's this, it's just this Leviathan that's already been set in order. It's already been like released and started and the blockchain has been built. So like people come along and they make, other blockchains or they make quote unquote better blockchains but like the beauty of the cryptographic side of bitcoin is that the most secure chain is the longest chain and so at this point the original blockchain is so fucking long and beefy and publicly known and has been for so long and it hasn't been it has been immutable this whole time since they started it has not been fucked with nobody is fucking you know, they've been tricked. Some people have been tricked into losing their private keys or losing this or losing that. But the integrity of the blockchain has remained intact and hasn't been fucked with by anybody. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what, in my mind, makes it such a long term. It's almost like its own creature, you know? It's like it. it absolutely. It, is. He's right in that it was designed to be attacked, it was designed to be banned, it was designed to withstand all of these different things just because of how it adjusts itself given these things. You know, like the the guys in China getting shut off, all the miners out there are going to get shut off. 
And so if a bunch of computing power blanks out and there's less computing power on the network, the difficulty adjustment kicks in in two weeks or less. Every two weeks there's one. And uh, that algorithm becomes a little less difficult to solve and it scales back to whatever is going on with the current network. So mm. it self-adjusts and takes all of that into account. Brilliant. Uh, same with the well, energy thing. Like if, if Bitcoin robbed us of all the energy and we couldn't use energy anymore, um, then, the, you know, then the transaction, the hash rate would go way down. Hmm. And by the way, it's like we have way too much energy. It's not Bitcoin's not going to suck it all up. <laughs> mm. It's fucking absurd. It's like the peak oil shit that they used to talk about. You know, in the, in the late it's in the all 70s. PR. It's like, all just advertising. Same as rising sea levels. It's the same as all of this. It's this. It's this intangible, impending, impending doom that they can always wave around your head because you can't prove a negative. So you can't. You can't <laughs> prove that there's not impending doom. You can't prove that the world isn't going to end in two weeks. So like, you can't you know, prove that the masks don't help. You can in two weeks when we're all still here, you can look around and wave your hands, but then these fuckers will go out and say, no, two weeks. And, you know, you know my favorite uh, climate change picture is, is a picture of the Statue of Liberty, which is a little island right off the coast of New York. Yeah. And it's like 1920 versus 2020. I love and it's it. it's the exact same fucking sea line. I the like The exact the, same plants, everything. They did that comparison with the, with the, G7 goons the same way. Oh, really? They, they were out there standing on the shoreline for their photo op, you know, on a shoreline that's identical to a hundred years ago. So they've got a picture from 1920 of the same, same and, thing. And, you know, banks are giving you a 30 note on a fucking oceanfront property. No problem. Mm-hmm. So. It's all very know. peak 2001. It's just like. like that I, mean, I remember reading the inconvenient truth for kids, like the fucking high school retarded down version, uh, and doing some report on it in high school. And I was like, Oh damn, this is crazy, man. <laughs> We're yeah. all going to die and shit. But I don't know. Then I got out in the woods and I was like, we can't fucking do come on. Bro. <laughs> there's a, there's a resilience and a stability. I think that people don't recognize. And with the COVID stuff, it, it really comes evident. Oh, yeah. People's mental are fra- is fragile, and they're like, egos are fragile, but the world around us, man, is anything but fragile. Right. And our bodies aren't that fragile either. I mean, they are in a certain degree. Right. But when it comes to diseases and things like that, our bodies are very, very surprisingly resilient. That's been my most irritating... Like, I don't even really care to necessarily aligned politically especially partisan wise but i've got friends on either side of this thing who are so like mouth foamy about a lot of this stuff and it's like you know all these tens of thousands of years that we've been around and i I promise that medicine didn't change in the last two years fundamentally i promise the Mm -hmm. way that biology works did not change fundamentally in the last two years nothing is and diseases in general. Yeah. And I don't, you can't have it both ways where it's either like this really special, unbelievable disease that's unprecedented, but it's not made in a lab. It's not been, it's not a weaponized thing. You know, it's something that actually occurred just in, in the natural world. You can't have it both ways. It's either 
you know, a, a crazy thing that was made in the lab, or it's a natural thing that comes around and peters out, just like every other thing ever. Yeah. I think the latter option was the more racist one, right? Because the people were supposedly eating bats. Because he said Peter. Oh, it's just like, you, you fucking... There's, there's filth and squalor all over the world. I mean, you go to India, you go to anywhere, Jamaica. You go places and you will be very surprised at just how people live. And you know what? You don't get giant viruses coming out of those places, ravishing the world. It, it, China's the same way. China's kind of a filthy place, but we don't, it just doesn't happen, you know? And if it does, then we would know. Like, at a, at a personal level, you would see it. You'd yeah, at least know, you know? You wouldn't, it wouldn't just be like 95, 99% of people out there, it's all hearsay. I know a guy who knows a guy who got sick or whatever. Like, it's. People, people respond to real risk. And, you know, the way in which people wear masks who do wear them and, like, the places in which they're willing to and not willing to uh, kind of gives away the whole game. Yeah. As far as, like, how afraid they really are. They're not afraid of a virus or of getting sick or of being coughed on or of inhaling germs. They're afraid of being judged or of looking like they're on the right or wrong side of some sort of a fucking political or social issue. Um, and that right away just tells you that this isn't, this isn't some kind of a medical emergency. It's like you're saying, you know, if, if it was, we would know, you know, if it was, mm-hmm. we would know. It was one thing flat earth day. It was another thing that I was really vibing with was the, uh, when he brought up the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic, and the way they improv, improv, or, uh, implemented mask, and um, I forget his specific point, but essentially he, he was he was sure that they had used that as this just mass pre MK Ultra ritualistic fucking uh, brainwash ritual. I've said it twice. Um, I mean, I don't want to sit here and harp on the same shit that. We've all talked about, but oh, don't get me going on harp. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, harps! Oh, they're so they, great. They'd be fucking with the weather and shit. <laughs> so much fun to play. That reminds me of that Gary Larson cartoon. It's like split top and bottom, and the top is like "Welcome to Heaven." Here's your harp, and the bottom is "Welcome to Hell." Here's your accordion. <laughs> uh, here's your saxophone. Trying to make hell cool. What are you doing on this show? You either get good or you suck, <laughs> and you sound like absolute asshole. But if you get good, then you get to go to the VIP lounge of of uh, hell, and then you have to just play six saxophone all for the rest of eternity. How about that? Give Bill Clinton something to do, I guess. <clears throat> Eventually, Bill Clinton. There's a level in hell for Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton doesn't <laughs> get the fucking. He he's not going through the lobby. They're taking him through the back. <laughs> okay. Right, because he's got <laughs> VIP fucking right hand of Satan himself, George yeah. Sr. They like unclip the velvet rope for him. Oh, oh we've we been got expecting a club for you. you. It's a, it's a it's a big club and you ain't in it. <laughs> what if the devil is just George Carlin when you go to hell and it, it's like it's psychologically like you see who you want to see is the devil? I'd want to see George Carlin. He's just like <laughs> 
Welcome <laughs> to hell. Hey, what the fuck's up? Okay, here's the deal. You know, that'd be nice. <laughs> I like how we went from climate change to George Carlin. <laughs> Sorry, this is what we do here. We kind of just go from bit to bit. So far on the show, I've said, I want you to bury me with a coconut in my chest. And when I, and when I inevitably go to hell, George Carlin will be there to greet me. <laughs> I am the hype! These people are sick. <laughs> it's a true story, folks. We have lavish. Could be lavash. Could be lavash. But it Do could you have be a little Grange clip I sent you? Oh, fuck me and my silly sideways incorrectness. That's the one, bro. I, I got it. I, w- I would like to. If you don't have it, that's okay. But next show, we got to have it because it's so good. It's You got to. Play it side by side. I'm a professional. Phone boy is always like whisper man in the corner, like advocating for the devil in these conversations every time. Because he's always like, "Well, what if we got tricked and like the devil's a good guy?" You know. Well, you know, phone boy, he likes to. He likes to give you a card (laughs) as he walks around. In the police force, he's a guy who, as they say, checks the corners. Guys, but what if, like, the devil's all right, you know? It's, like, all a scam. I mean, there was a couple of... God's the devil, and devil's the god. Is God. Bro. Yeah, like, what if if God is, like, the total demiurge, and he's a dickhead, and Lucifer was coming down, he's like, yo, so that guy, like, he's kind of bad news, I'm gonna try and illuminate you, and, and, and God was like, fuck that, son, you're going to hell. And then we're gonna make a Fake ass religion, fake ass religion, and then treat every get everybody to treat you like you're Satan. Oh God, we're gonna get phone calls. God was the original. Go to your room and think about what the, you've done. The OG, the original <laughs> God. Yeah, boy. Or actually, like before that, even it was get the fuck out of my garden and think about what you've done. All right, you guys get the fuck out of here. Think about what you've done and wear clothes. Oops. Oh, what the fuck? And by <laughs> yeah. the way. You're, you know, you look like shit, and then from there on, they're like, "Oh my god, we need to put on clothes." It's true. <laughs> Judgmental God. I don't know. Like, I kind of sympathize with the Prometheus character. <laughs> What's flashback? I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I don't know what anything means. Gro- are you growing your lashes back? Am I growing my lashes back? Uh, yeah. Duh. Nice. It's summertime, baby. Gotta get the <laughs> lashes out. Summertime. <laughs> Hoo-ah. That lash strut, bro. Lavish lashes. Sun's out. Lavish out. Lavish lashes, babe. Come with me and you will see a world of pure magic lashination. I literally <laughs> saw the glitter. Just the, the fucking lens flare. Uh, fairly oh certain it slowed down to slow-mo there too it's all very strange <laughs> it's all, it is all very strange i agree um, i agree what keeps getting stranger is we have another screen mail sweet that was a great one well played Sounded like he was falling into the very depths of hell. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
It did. It sounded like he fell, and then he was falling faster and faster. But then, like the camera caught up with him, and <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Phil and Ted. <laughs> Bogus yeah, adventure. Yeah. Oh no! No! <laughs> oh, dramatic zoom out. Dramatic zoom in. Action! Enhance. 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 Camera one. Camera two. This is going to keep going. This is a result of that. <laughs> Yes. This is the result of that. Oh, there it is. There it was. I had to read. It took me a second. <laughs> They're getting calls. Flashback. Oh, no. Oh, Quirk S is trying to hit me up with these old school retro terms. Like like, oh. when, you, like when you call your wife a real battle axe. She's a real battle axe. <laughs> the yeah, old lady. Of, it's the old lady. The old gal. My best gal. Is that like My looking looking at your gal. man and being like, oh, yeah, the old Kennedy. <laughs> oh, yeah, the dead Kennedy. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, should, well, should we let you go? Should we, should we part ways? Or at least up, end the episode? It's, it's up to you. I don't, I'm not on a... Well... I'm rarely on a schedule. We are coming up at about... But, yeah. It looks the right time. Two and a half hours? It sounds... I, I do have one final question for you. Have you thought okay. about where you want to see bowl after bowl after a year continuing down the same path that y'all are tearing up? Uh, I just want to keep sustaining at this point um, the growth that's like kind of steady that we're doing. Um it's like uh, I've been on this job hunt thing for most of the year in the real world, and I'm just gig hopping so hard right now that I kind of need something steady. And so as far as a direction for the show or like the next level or next evolution of it, um, if there is one or if it kind of changes dramatically, it will probably happen after I find whatever that steady full-time thing is because right now i don't have really a place in my real life where i can like tell people about bowl after bowl you know right Mm -hmm. if um like if i if i got a job at a dispensary like one of the things i'm looking at right now if i got one of those spots then it'd be perfect you know then it'd be then i would get like little hats that said bowl after bowl or some shit you know or like little like placards right next to the the cash register you just hand out little like you know postcards or something i would no, buy man. a button machine and then make buttons for y'all and then put qr codes in the back of the buttons yeah. stickers that would be dope Every, everybody loves a button we'd be fucking into it nice <laughs> i like it i i have one more question too if that's okay yeah uh do you have a favorite conspiracy theory one that just uh-huh. like is the, your go-to Maybe it was your first one that really kind of well, gave you a red pill. Baby's first red pill for me was definitely JFK, and it happened mm-hmm. in, as a junior in high school. So we just did an English paper, and it was about a topic, but it was like they taught us how to do a research paper uh, in Chicago format and like how to, how to make the citations, how to actually pull the research, how to quote it in your work and all that shit. And... They were like, they literally had a list prompt of a bunch of different events that you could do research on or like ideas, stuff like, like definitely the climate change thing was one of them. 
Um, but the very number one first one on the list was the assassination of JFK, which had always kind of like vaguely intrigued me throughout my life, you know, because you always hear the story of how Kennedy got shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never yeah, really, it's like, a big one. I never really rabbit hold on it, you know, but it was the first one on the list and I was like a lazy high schooler and I was like, all right, yeah, but that was, that's the one I don't want to have to come up with my own. JFK's at the top of the list, which looking back, I, I wonder, like they put JFK as the first one on the list. How fucking based is that? But yeah, I look into it and I start like actually researching it. And then I'm like, Oh, what the fuck? Cause I didn't even, I wasn't even aware until that assignment that it was even in dispute. You know, mm-hmm. I just heard the fucking story. How it was Lee Harvey Oswald shot J- John F. Kennedy. It's all, it's all I knew. I actually saw, now this is coming back to me, I saw when I was real little, I went to a wax museum, and those things are pretty creepy just in general. Definitely. But one of the displays was when uh, Lee Arby JFK's Oswald head blown off? <laughs> no, not quite that bad. No, it was, it was Oswald getting shot by Jack, uh, what the fuck? Jack Ruby. Ruby. Right, Jack Ruby. Or Jacob Rubenstein. Yeah, that and like he's handcuffed to those two agents, you know, mm. uh, and then gets shot. And I'm a Patsy. That, that whole scene in Wax that was memor- uh, memorialized just like stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really sure why. And it was like that was kind of the weird part for me, even because I was like, like I said, I was only eight or something. I wasn't really into like heady like thought experiments back then or like questioning everything. You know what I mean? I just kind of took a lot of things at face value as most mm-hmm. kids do. I mean, we all do at some point. Christ, Christ you come up uh, with Santa and the tooth fairy and all that kind of stuff. And so um, mm-hmm. I, the way my brain works and my like inner child thrives is for me, the, the existence and magic of all of the spirits like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and all this different shit that we know of, to me, didn't like, there wasn't a point where I learned it didn't exist. There was a point where my perspective shift, shifted on what it is and how it exists fully, you know? Mm. And it didn't really rob me of like the magic that I had had when I was younger and like actually in that, immersed in it, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, I don't know how the fuck Jack Ruby got me here, bro, to Santa Claus and shit. But I don't know. It was it was sort of a time <laughs> in my life where now I'm looking at, oh, maybe there's a second story to literally everything. Maybe there's, you know, myth and legend and actuality and fact and and hyperbole know, yeah, and fantasy. It was the fantasy. first team that I really saw behind. And mm. for me, I was just a fucking idiot, sixteen year old in high school just learning to drive and because of one English class assignment, I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> Extra shooters, at the grassy knoll, like at least that, no doubt, no doubt you can find it. If, if you objectively learn how to write a research paper and then do that on, did JFK get shot just by Lee Harvey Oswald or did he not? Mm-hmm. Uh, you will be astounded at what you find. I always say start there because it's not that fucking nuts, you know? It's mm. not about aliens. It's not about weird technology. It's not about... It's literally just about a fucking... 
just politics. Uh, Patsy assassination hit job. Yeah. It's it's just about people dying at the highest offices that of power. Right. And this is what happens at the highest offices of power. There's power mm-hmm. struggles. And sometimes they get violent. And that's just how it's always been since time immemorial. Yeah. I think Kennedy's real Achilles heel is just he was just too goddamn young. And he well, didn't he just have, uh, it, he also didn't really have the full kind of support of his family, you know. It it seemed your, like he came up corrupted like you're fucked. Well, he was it was a criminal family. His father was a criminal, it was all mafia. And and the mafia and the government have ties together at the highest levels. The, the most wow. sp- very specific <laughs> stuff that's developed over generations and JFK pissed off all of the wrong people. He he was brought in by criminal elements and as soon as he had the most powerful office in the land, he decided that he was going to be a crusader and he was going to fight corruption and he was going to turn on all the people that had actually put him in office in the first place. Mm-hmm. And uh and he he made so many enemies that they all just agreed to to work together to find a solution. And I think that even his vice president, I think that Lyndon B. Johnson definitely had a part of the play in it because he's fucking smiling and winking at people on Air Force One as he's oh, being dude. sworn in like two LBJ. hours after JFK gets blown away. LBJ is just gross, dude. Just like as a historical figure. Just one of the most ambitious people that history has ever produced, in American history at least. Just unbelievable. Of the tape and film I've heard of the guy, it just I feel like if I saw him at a party, I would like try to shift to the like stool, like as many stools away at the bar of from yeah. him as I did or something, you know. Start looking for a dead dog. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. You always have to take it back to the dead dogs, eh, boobs. Boobs, don't pretend like you don't have a dead dog on you at all times. In the in the ground or above. Well, He's I gotta, ready. I gotta keep He's something ready. down in the cellar to keep Malachi occupied. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> oh shit! Fuck! Oh. I got, I got another scream mill sitting here in the inbox. Oh me, oh my! Let's jam it up. I like pressure, motherfucker. <laughs> oh. hmm. I like pressure, motherfucker. Motherfucker. Hell yeah. Thank you, caller. Oh, it's amazing. I think the uh, message loud and clear. I like fresh air, motherfucker. Gosh, we got some great screams tonight. That was good. Such a beautiful message, man. I fully endorse fresh air, motherfucker. Mm, clip of the century. Mm-hmm. Clip of awesome. the fucking century. And you're so goddamn dumb. You stupid <laughs> motherfuckers and dirty air. Your dirty wood. Burning your dirty fucking wood. <laughs> that guy's <laughs> fucking right. Well, we got to say, Sir Spencer, Wolf of KC, fucking thanks for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, fuck yeah. you. It's been my pleasure. Anytime, man, for real. Hell Just, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. ring. Now I'm, I'm hearing the wolf den, man. Could now we gotta hit up your better half next week. See if she wants to come party. Oh, she she will. Yes. She oh, will you be can... hard to convince. 
she's she's so game. She's and she's just had your youngest, a beautiful son. No doubt, and, yeah. And she yeah. will like blow your mind on birth mama shit, man. Nice. She's something of an expert. You can catch uh, both Sir Spencer and his wonderful wife, DeLorean, on Bowl After Bowl, which is live every Tuesday night at about 9 o'clock Central. Token Tuesdays. Specific. And uh, it's a really great show. We all around here very much love the show. And uh, you should listen to it. Bowlafterbowl.com. Bowlafterbowl.com. It's a great Dave clip. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, <laughs> Chance. I appreciate that. I love being on all behind the skis. Uh, you guys do good stuff here, man. Oh, give it to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. Come here. Yeah, get right on. No, 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 no. Take this. Uh... Behind the curtain? Oh, shit. This is behind the curtain jam. This is just for you. This is Booker T. Washington and the MGs doing Ray Charles's Let's Go Get Stoned. Oh, fuck yeah, there you go. Hell yeah. Well, thank you again. Uh, check us out Monday nights. Go to BehindTheSchemes.com, S-C-H-3-N-3-S, or LoveIsLit.com, 9.30, 7.30, 10.30. We're there. And I've been Booberry, Mothman of the Miniocalypse. And I have been Lavish. Uh, one day to be Sir Lavish, I hope. And uh, I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf, Kansas City. We'll catch y'all next time. God bless. This is Behind the Schemes. The esoterica of your dreams. <laughs> <sighs> Hey man, if you don't get behind the schemes, the schemes will get behind you. Loveislit.com. Go there, check it out, listen, get love.